You're listening to the QPEM Podcast. To listen to our previous Sunday worship services, please visit our website at www.qpem.org. That's qpem.org. This week's message was given by Pastor Peter Huang. As everyone knows, yesterday was the 4th of July, our Independence Day. And I guess the great thing, living in this nation together, we can celebrate how God has blessed our country in many, many ways. But as we look at today's text, what we should also acknowledge and recognize is that what binds us together in terms of living in this nation, what also binds us together is our citizenship in heaven. In Philippians 3.20, it affirms what binds the church together and how we're bound together as as citizens in heaven is far greater than any tie that binds us together into this nation. So as we're thankful in terms of this country for the ways that God has blessed us in this nation, clearly, as people of God, as a church, as we're bound together in the, as a body of Christ, we are truly thankful that we could corporately worship the Lord together, not just here in this physical congregation, but as well as as online. And what we can also celebrate in terms of our connection as a body of Christ is how are we connected to the Apostle Paul? How are we connected to the Christians that the Apostle Paul is writing to? Because that's what we're going to seek to do today. When we look at today's reading, we're going to reflect in terms of how Paul his personal experience that he's sharing with us, how can that apply to us where we are today? How can it apply to the church in terms of of what he's going through? So if you look at the headlines from the Wall Street Journal, one of the headlines is, Americans prepared for a scaled-back 4th of July celebration with many events canceled and officials urging people to take extra precautions as the U.S. recorded more than 50,000 new coronavirus cases for a third consecutive day. It seems apparent that the coronavirus has not gone away, but there's been a recurrence. And in terms of the difficulties that we've been experiencing for the past several weeks, it seems like it hasn't gone away. When we look at Paul in terms of today's passage, it's important to see the context because it's in the beginning as as it was read, um, Paul repeats twice in terms of him rejoicing. So what's the background in terms of Paul having this joy in the Lord? The background is found in in verses 12 12 through uh, 17. And what's apparent as I look at some of the verses is Paul's going to explain to the people who's reading his letter, he's going to explain his situation, starting with verse 12. He says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. What's very clear in that verse is that the situation that Paul is under is not ideal. In fact, he's going through a lot of difficulty being 
imprisoned. That's the context of, of today's passage. So he continues in verse 13, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. What Paul is doing is as he's explaining to these Philippian Christians is that in the midst of the difficulty and adversity that he has been experiencing through his imprisonment, ironically, what he's also affirming is what God is doing, ironically. That somehow, when he is in prison, somehow the gospel of Christ is being advanced. And continuing in verse 14, it says, Most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. How interesting that when Paul's going through adversity, when he's going through such a difficult time, you would think that his fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, when they're seeing Paul going through such adversity, that they would shy away from sharing the gospel. They would shy away from being the light of the world, the salt in the earth. But what Paul is testifying, that they are speaking the word without fear. They have become confident in the Lord by his imprisonment, showing more boldness. And then in verse 15, he says, Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. Verse 16, the latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. And then this is today's text. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed and in that I rejoice. This is the adversity that Paul is speaking from when he's saying, I rejoice. When he's saying, yes, I will rejoice. It's not because his circumstances are perfect. It's not because things are fine and dandy. But the reason why he can take joy in the Lord is in the midst of adversity. In the midst of his imprisonment, he has seen God working. He has seen God working in the fellow brothers and sisters around him. And that's how he can rejoice. And that's what we're looking at in terms of, of today's text. So continuing in verse 19, he says, For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. This will turn out for my deliverance. What's interesting about what I just read in verse 19 is what is that deliverance? What is Paul seeking to communicate when he's saying, this will turn out for my deliverance? Many people, they naturally conclude that since Paul just shared that he's in prison, that the deliverance that Paul is speaking of is simply him being delivered from prison. That's a very natural understanding. But if you look at the context of today's passage, you'll you, you will come away with slightly different interpretation. There may be that nuanced meaning 
because clearly he is in prison. But what's also very clear, especially if you're familiar with the original language, that phrase, this will turn out for my deliverance in the Greek is the exact same word found in Job 13, 16. And the significance of that, Job 13, 16, I'm not going to describe all of Job, it's too long, but Job, as many of us should know, is that Job went through a lot of suffering. And what happened was his friends, they tried to comfort him, showing compassion for a couple of weeks. But then they went off. They went off in terms of their simplistic theology, trying to inform Job that his suffering is due to a sin that he has against God. And as Job is being frustrated by, by his friends, and as he's realizing that in his misfortune, in his suffering, that he is kind of being looked down upon by his compassionate friends, he cries out what we just read in, in, in Job 13, 16. And essentially he's saying, this will turn out for my salvation. And what's very clear in the context of that Job passage is that Job is looking to the future. And as he's realizing and recognizing that he's going through all this suffering, what he's stating before God is that this will turn out for my salvation, my future vindication. And he's declaring this to his friends and to God, that I will be vindicated at the end at the future end time. And the reason why I'm mentioning this is in a similar light. This is what Paul is talking about. This will turn out for my deliverance. He's speaking of his future final salvation. And the reason why we could come up with that, not just with the Job reference, but simply the word this. This represents all of the adversity that he just described that I, we looked at from verses 12 through 18, his imprisonment. He's saying somehow the adversity that he had just mentioned in the previous verses will turn out for his deliverance. How do you make sense of that? How could his imprisonment turn out for his deliverance from prison? That doesn't make sense. This in reference to Paul's adversity, his trials, his his suffering. Somehow, how will that turn out for his final salvation? How does that work out? Well, you got to look at verse 20. Because then it says, As it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. What is Paul speaking of in terms of verse 20? How is that related to the future final salvation that he's speaking of in verse 19? Verse 20. What that is illustrating is once again, the future where God will enable him to be faithful in the midst of all the adversity that is going through. Because in verse 19, 
as you can see, it says, through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Through your prayers. That's the prayers of the Philippians. And the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. This will turn out for my deliverance. The prayers of the Philippian Christians for Paul, it's a reflection of how Paul had prayed for them. In chapter 1, verses 9 through 11, this was Paul's prayer for the Philippian Christians. He's saying, It is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. This is how Paul prays for these Philippian Christians. When he sees them, and when he's thinking about them in prison, as he's interceding for these Christian brothers and sisters, he's praying that they will be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. That's how the Philippians are praying for Paul. That's how we, when we support each other in prayer, that's how we pray for each other. That's what goes on in a corporate formal sense every Wednesday night. That's what's happening here when we corporately worship together. As we as a body of Christ, when we are before our Heavenly Father in worship, as we are united and bound together in the spirit of Christ, when we pray for one another, this is what's going on. And what's happening through the prayers of these Philippian Christians, they are enabling Paul to be sustained and faithful while he's in prison and while he's waiting for the trial that's coming up that he's waiting for as he's in prison. Do you see the application for us? When we are in our present adversity, when we pray for each other, that is what is enabling us to be faithful in the midst of our adversity, in the midst of our upcoming trials. That's what's going on with Paul. That's what's going on in terms of, of when Jesus was speaking, in terms of, of his disciples. And when he had shared in Mark uh, 13, verse 9, it says, But be on your guard, for they will deliver you over to councils. You will be beaten in synagogues. You will stand before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them. And the gospel must first be proclaimed to all nations. And when they bring you to trial and deliver you over, do not be anxious beforehand what you are to say, but say whatever is given you in that hour, for it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we've gone through a lot the past many weeks. It's been crazy. Right? COVID, the economy. It's been crazy, social injustice, piling on, numbers going up again. But these experiences are not isolated in terms of our 
experience now. But as a church, as believers in Christ, this is what the early church, this is what Christians have gone through as well. And what has been the means of grace for the church has been the prayers of the, the church for each other as well as the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ sustaining Paul, enabling him to be faithful, faithful to the end, up to his final future salvation. That's what Paul is sharing. And that's why in verse 20, he's able to say that he has this expectation and hope that he will not be ashamed, that he will be faithful to the end. And that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored. Christ will be magnified. Christ will be glorified in his body, whether by life or by death. Because then he explains further in verse 21. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. And then verse 23, I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. These are some intense verses. But these intense verses are so appropriate for us during these intense times. Because as Paul is sharing his personal, his personal stance in terms of of how, what death and life means for him. Likewise, we, as we share with Paul our relationship with Christ, our union with Christ, like Paul, as we are children of God, we can not only see what Paul's stance is, but we could also share likewise as to what he's saying. So what is he saying? He's really simplifying things for us. He's saying for him to live is Christ. That's what it is, life. Life to live is Christ. Christ is, is what is central in terms of his life. And later on in chapter 3, he describes it further. There's nothing greater than knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. That's how he's describing the essence of, of living. Likewise, he's describing how death is gained. Why is death gained? Because in verse 23, it explains how uh, when he dies, he will be with Christ. He's affirming the simple truth that for Christians, when we die, our fellowship with Christ doesn't end, but it gets even deeper. So Paul is covering, covering everything today. Life, Death. So I'm almost done. But let me just finish up because we have more verses, right? So now he says, verse 24, but to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Now, Paul is coming down a little bit now because he's been up here in terms of, of the glory of God, right? The fellowship with Christ, having, being this relationship with, with Christ, being so deep, so intense. Now he's kind of coming down and he's saying, okay, why else 
Is life for him important? Because what he's testifying is that the way God is using him, he is using Paul to help the Philippian Christians in terms of their progress and joy in the faith. That's another description of how Paul, as a child of God, is describing the significance of his life. So I have a question for you, church. If I were to ask you, if you had one free hour this upcoming week, and if you had a choice to spend that hour with a vegan, an atheist, or Jesus Christ, who would you spend that time with? If you've been churched, you know 99% of all the answers, it's Jesus, right? The next question is a little trickier. The next coming week, if you had a free hour and you had a choice in terms of with whom you spend that time with, who would you pick? Facebook? Instagram? Netflix? YouTube? TikTok? Or your fellow Christian brothers and sisters? How did Paul describe his life, the significance of it? is his relationship with other believers while he was in prison. I'm so grateful that God has allowed me to experience Christian fellowship with QPEM. I'm so thankful that during these past weeks that was very difficult just being at home that by God's grace somehow God had enabled me to have fellowship with other believers you precious brothers and sisters in Christ don't fail to recognize how God is seeking to move in us and through us during these times right now. Don't fail to recognize how God is seeking for us to support each other in prayer, through Zoom, through Facebook, through phone conversations, through small group meetings, through any ways that God has gifted us. And as, as I just want to close in prayer, I want to ask the Lord, Lord Jesus, come. Sustain us. Sustain us. I invite you to respond to this message However the Spirit leads you, just take a moment to call out to the Lord. Thanks for listening to the QPEM podcast. For more information on our church, please visit our website at www.qpem.org.
That's Q-P-E-M 